Okay, thank you everyone. Hello and welcome to uh, another of SLAB's reading forum series for this one for 2022. My name is Susan Lamarca and I am the Executive Officer of the School Library Association of Victoria. Welcome. I'd like to formally and respectfully begin the event by acknowledging the traditional owners of the land on which I am today, the Wurundjeri Willam people, one of the five tribes of the Kulin Nation, the traditional owners of this land. I would also like to pay my respects to Elders past, present and emerging and those uh, with us here today and specifically acknowledge the important role of story in the history and the lives of the traditional owners of this land. We have a very full and exciting program of publishers to share with us today. This event is set up as a webinar, so our attendees are watching but not able to be seen or heard on the screen. Please feel free to ask questions in the Q&A function or use the chat to communicate. We are recording this forum and will make a link available to all participants. We will also be creating an audio version for SLAB's podcast channel. So this will be going out in lots, many and various ways beyond those that are here today. We have created a Padlet for this session and encourage all participants to add resources to this page. And I will put uh, the link in the chat or maybe Monica or Ty could do that for me. Um, and also on the Padlet is a list of all of the titles that are being mentioned uh, this afternoon in order. So if you do wish to follow along and perhaps take some notes on that list, you'll find it as a downloadable PDF uh, in the Padlet. So thanks everyone. Um, it is going to be action packed and uh, I know we're in for an absolute treat with some fantastic books and some wonderful publishers here. So our first publisher, uh, number one, First one up is a firm press, and if I can welcome Tash, welcome Tash to the screen. Thank you very much. Thank you so much for having me. I'm going to share screen now, guys. But because I'm going to be using two screens, I might turn my self view off so that I don't look like I'm not looking at you all while I'm talking. So if you can just bear with me as I get the slideshow up and running, and then okay, here we go. Okay, so um, thank you for having me, as I said. Um, I'm Tash and I'm the publisher at Affirm Press. Uh, you might know us from some of the lovely titles you see on this first slide here, or from our back list of award-winning uh, and best-selling books. And today I'm going to um, share a few of our exciting new titles for the year ahead, as well as some highly anticipated sequels and follow-up books in existing series and ranges. To kick things off, I'd like to invite you to explore the multitude of worlds that exist within our world with Jess Ratcliffe's gorgeous new picture book series, Big World, Tiny World. In this series, Jess introduces readers to a specific biome, which she then explores by zooming in further and deeper with each page turn. From birds that make their nests up high in the forest trees, all the way down to the neighbourhoods of bugs who are working hard underground, or from whales coming up for air at the surface of the ocean down to the butterfly fish darting through anemone and kelp forests, the reader is taken on a journey and shown how deeply connected everything is. Launching with two titles, Forest and Reef, this year and more to come next year, the gentle environmental message in this series can spark natural discussions about the innate connection we have to the natural world and our responsibility to care for it. Next, we're really excited to have the first book in the new series from award-winning author of Love Your Body, Jess Sanders. Jess's new series, Life Lessons for Little Ones, reminds us of all the life lessons we deserve to learn, 
like how to find love, acceptance and compassion for ourselves and for others, teachings that every child and grown-up should hear. The first title, You Are Enough, is publishing this August. If you have ever felt like you are not good enough, smart enough or popular enough, you are not alone. This book is for any child who needs a reminder that they're enough just as they are. And now I'd like to introduce you to Sadie Lee. The Sadie series is an exciting new junior fiction series, perfect for kids who have mastered others like Billy B. Brown and are looking for a more challenging read. This is a series of quality junior fiction that prepares readers for longer novels. Each book contains three short stories of two and a half thousand words each, where Sadie uses her creativity and problem solving skills to face a unique challenge. The stories are wholesome and highly relatable, featuring a gloriously multicultural cast in Sadie's family, school and local community. We have four books in production already, with a sprinkle of Sadie out in April, followed by a spoonful of Sadie in August this year, and a scoop and a slice coming next year. Staying with junior fiction, and we can't wait to unleash our new series, Itty Bitty Kitty. This is a warm, funny and accessible series for early readers about Itty Bitty, a tiny and very brave kitten making her way in the big wide world. Itty Bitty loves empty boxes, string, sardines and sleeping on the clean washing. She hates being called cute. She's almost a tiger. In each story, Itty Bitty is pushed out of her comfort zone. Sometimes she's a bit scared, but she never lets fear get in the way of trying new things. She always finds ways to cope with what happens and discovers that the big world is not as black and white or as scary as she first thought. Itty Bitty's adventures may be domestic in setting, but they are epic in scale and perfect for emerging readers. Written by two titans of Australian, Australian junior fiction, Hilary Rogers and Meredith Badger are once again writing under their pen name of Maddie Mara. The duo have delicately balanced laugh out loud humour with heartwarming life lessons. This is the series that will hook new readers and I have no doubt that everyone will fall in love with this adorable fluff ball. As with Sadie, we have four books in production with the first volume published in this September and staggered releases across the next 18 months. Brilliant Minds, Dyslexia Can't Hold Us Back is the new and only go-to book for families with a dyslexic child or any family whose child struggles with reading and writing. The author, Shannon Mayercourt, was compelled to write this book after her daughter's dyslexia diagnosis and together with the firm press, she's created an impressive and uplifting collection of biographies of 30 people from around the world who show dyslexia does not discriminate and doesn't have to hold you back. Packaged in the popular format that has come to define this category of illustrated by biographies, this book's design and art will strike a balance of dyslexia-friendly and modern appeal. Moving on to more from our favourites now. And this one is already published, Your School is the Best, the follow-up to CBCA shortlisted and 2021 prep bag book, Your Birthday was the Best, by Maggie Hutchings and Felicia Sala. This is a back-to-school book like no other. Stowing away in a backpack with Uncle Barry, Aunt Mabel and all the cousins, our cockroach hero is en route to school for a wonderful day of playing hide-and-seek in lunchboxes and dancing on the teacher's head during show-and-tell. This very entertaining picture book is also a fun and funny way to soothe school nerves with young children. And keep your eyes peeled because Maggie and Felicita are hard at work currently on our plucky cockroach pals next adventure, Your Holiday Was the Best, due for release next year. The Wonders of Never Giving Up is a lovely companion to The Greatest Mistakes That Went Right by Maddie Mara and Cheryl Orsini, which we published last November. In this latest collaboration, readers are treated to an uplifting non-fiction picture book that reminds us to just keep going, even if we fail along the way. The book features examples of incredible true stories, like those of Yvonne Goulagong, 
Corley, Stevie Wonder and Matthew Riley, who you see here, that will inspire families everywhere. With strong, strong themes of determination and perseverance prevailing over setbacks, the wonders of never giving up is a great way to start conversations in the classroom and at home. Following on from the success and rave reviews of last year's The Detective's Guide to Ocean Travel, which just received a notable book mention in last in, uh, at the CBC uh, Notable, Night of the Notables, uh, Nikki Greenberg has brought Pepper and the gang back together again, this time to solve a mystery set against the backdrop of the restaurant and foodie scene in New York during the Roaring Twenties. The Detective's Guide to New York City is the next instalment in this growing middle grade historical, historical mystery series. From the lights of Broadway to back alley speakeasies and from New York's high society to the streets of Hell's Kitchen, Nikki takes the reader for a thrilling ride in this delightfully pasty mystery. Just as in ocean travel, this is a twisty, exhilarating, action-packed adventure full of charming characters. The Detective's Guide to New York City publishes this July, and Nikki is already deep into the third adventure, which sees our ragtag detective crew sleuthing in Paris. After a hugely successful series launched last October, the adventures at Seven Wherewithal Way continue this coming November with Across the Ice and Through the Jungle. Samantha Ellen Bound's second instalment picks things up a year since Ferb swept Celeste and Esme off to their home at Seven Wherewithal Way. Now we meet Celeste again. This time she's pining for another adventure. In this book, the battles are more intense and the settings more treacherous. She certainly had her wish granted. The breathtaking action scenes are balanced with a strong emotional core and fans of book one will not be disappointed as the plot to take over realms thickens, new enemies emerge from the shadows and the stakes are raised higher than ever. And finally, we have the highly anticipated follow-up book by Amelia Mellor, author of the multiple award-winning and best-selling The Grandest Bookshop in the World. This book has now sold over 50,000 copies and been translated into five other languages in a little over a year. And now we have The Bookseller's Apprentice, an action-packed prequel to The Grandest Bookshop in the World. One day, Billy Pryke will be the manager of the glittering, glamorous Coles Book Arcade. But in 1871, he's the new apprentice bookseller at Coles Cheap Books. 12-year-old Billy is determined to impress at his new job and avoid being sent to work at the nail factory with his father. It shouldn't be hard. Billy loves books and respects Mr. Cole, but even more than that, he delights in working at the stall in Paddy's Market. The market might be a little dirty and occasionally smelly, but there's always something new to see. Full of food, livestock, fortune tellers, tricksters, dentists, tattooists, taxidermists, flower sellers, seamstresses, and so much more. There's never a dull moment at Paddy's Market, and Billy takes great pride in being part of it. But then a sinister and sharply dressed magician who calls himself the Obscura Smith begins tricking market folk into making terrible deals. When the Obscura Smith crosses a terrifying line, Billy realises something. If he wants the Obscura Smith stopped, he's going to have to do it himself. Amelia has delivered another race against time adventure loaded with tricks, riddles, magic and mayhem. It's rich and cinematic, yet character-driven and full of heart, and is both a wonderfully satisfying follow-up to the grandest bookshop in the world and the perfect introduction for readers new to Amelia's Magical Melbourne. Thanks for listening, and I hope I didn't speak too fast, which I tend to do, um, but that's all from me. Uh, you can find teacher's notes and other materials available on our website. I'll make sure to add some um, links on the Padlet, and do feel free to get in touch directly if you've got any questions about any of our titles. Thank you. And now hopefully I'll be able to stop this so that the next wonderful publisher can come on board. Thank you, Tash. That was fantastic. What a great start to the afternoon. Our next publisher is Paul Collins from Ford Street Publishing. Welcome, Paul. Thank you. Um, share. Share. Oh, 
that's uh, basically here we go. Okay, um, we've got an exciting year ahead with something like about 20 titles um, scheduled, or all in the pipeline. I don't think they're all going to come out this year now. However, this month we released Snakes Awake uh, by professional snake catcher Jared Payne and illustrator Shannon Boland. This is their debut uh, picture book. Kim explores the outdoors with her mum, hoping to spot her favourite creature, a sensational snake. The reader joins her to discover the beauty and excitement of these remarkable reptiles and learn how to stay safe in the Australian bush. A strong female heroine models confident behaviour, patience and respect for Australian wildlife. We're hoping to get a, another snake catcher to actually come to the launch next month uh, with a snake. That'll be interesting. Um, okay, next in March we have Subby and his mate by Corinne Fenton and Mark Wilson. Corinne is known for her historical retellings and Mark is renowned his stunning realist work and Subby is a perfect example of his work. Winning the Melbourne Cup was just the beginning for Sub-Zero and his best mate Graham Salisbury. Never has there been a greater bond between man and horse. What they did together will touch your heart. This is a love story between a man and his beloved horse who together brought happiness and joy to everyone they met. Also in March we have Augustine and a hot air balloon middle grade novel by multi-award winning author David Mitzentine. Augustine is a poor boy who lives in a barn. Celine is a rich girl who lives in a mighty palace. Together they escape into the sky only to land in a world of terrible trouble and dangerous secrets. A heroic adventure set during the French Revolution, one of the most fabulous important periods of modern history. In April we have Group Hug by filmmaker Andy Fackrell. Come on safari around the world with Wilbur, an animal-loving city kid, and his BAFs, that's best animal friends, as he discovers the wonder and animal collective nouns. A joyful ode to biodiversity, this epic tale is lavishly illustrated and playfully written, each page an explosion of colour and rhyme. Perfect for budding Attenboroughs and Goodalls, this educational book lyricises not only the majesty of animals in the wild, but the quirks of the English language. Also in April, we have Star Diving by multi-talented Andrew Plant. Fluke is a young sperm whale with big dreams of seeing the stars. But when you've got a whale-sized head in the way, looking up isn't easy. So when wise old Cachalo advises him to look for the stars that shine below, Fluke sets off on an adventure that he never imagined possible. This book provides many opportunities for extension activities in the areas of biology, geography and environmental issues. In August, we released Scorpion's Falls by best-selling illustrator and author Martin Chatterton. You might remember him for um, collaborating with James Patterson and other people. Uh, it's for 11 to 14-year-olds. Lona Theo Sumner is a 14-year-old living in the isolated Queensland mining town Scorpion Falls. Following the arrival of an unsettling guest at the Iguana Motel, teenagers start disappearing in mysterious circumstances. As Theo looks for answers, he is drawn deeper into the murky underbelly of his hometown and a shocking nightmare encounter with the truth. Back to science fiction for me. Many of you would probably know that many years ago I used to publish quite a bit of science fiction, so this is a, a nice uh, welcome change for Ford Street. In September, we have Speck of the Stars by screenwriter and director Henry Bottin. This is for nine to 13 year olds. Raised by utility robots on board the Grand Orbital Library, 12 year old orphan. Speck's days are spent serving the spaceship's exotic guests. At night, he dreams of exploring the universe. 
but when a mysterious creature known only as the star child arrives on the fringes of deep space, everything changes. Now Speck must uncover the creature's secret before it's too late, a secret that, if unleashed, could destroy the entire universe. Last but not least, Susan will be happy here, I'm way ahead of time. Um, a nod to James Gong, The Chinese Dragon, by none other than Paul Collins, that's me, and published by Hybrid. It's for nine to 13 year olds. Ming Li, the Chinese dragon, is the unbeaten, undisputed queen of virtual martial arts. Until she meets James Gong, fresh from his starring role in the movie Ham Solo, Revenge of the Fist. Can their combined skill, grace and teamwork defeat everything the Virtso world throws at them? Do they take down the mobsters, the bully? And just where does the gymnast fit into all of this? And it's um, illustrated by the great uh, Matt Lynn, has uh, got every chapter has an illustration. All of these titles have teachers' notes that are available on the Port Street website. And I think that's um, that's me finished. Now I've got to figure out how to close this down. Here we go. Stop sharing. Thanks, everyone. Well, you're an expert, Paul. Thank you. That was fantastic. <laughs> really good. We're doing very well. Um, it's my pleasure now to uh, welcome Laura Harris from Penguin Random House. Welcome, Laura. And you are mute, so we will just need to, so down the bottom you've got a mute button, you can unmute yourself. Ah, can you hear me now? Yes, absolutely, there we go. And what a pleasure it's going to be for you all, I'm sure. <laughs> no, that's not true, I'm just getting in early. Um, hello everyone, I'm Laura Harris, I'm the Publishing Director at Penguin Random House Young Readers. And a little bit like choosing a favourite child, um, it was quite difficult, I'm sure everyone else felt the same, to choose the book to present to you today. So please don't tell any other Penguin Random House authors that you might bump into if I haven't included their books. I love them all, as does every publisher for everyone they publish. But with eight minutes, it wasn't easy. Paul's given me a little bit more time, so I thank him for that. And let's see if we can start with really what is one of my very favourite books that we are publishing this year. Let me just see if I can do it, entire screen. Let's see. Can you see my screen? Let me have a look. Does that work? Can you see? Let me go. Okay. So does it say slow presentation? Oh. Can you hear me? Can you hear me? Yeah. Yes, everything's fine, Laura. Sorry. Just going Sorry. back to present. Oh. Now we've got, we've got you on the screen twice now. So You don't want that. That's too much of me for anyone. How's that? That's the one. Excellent. Fantastic. All right. Our first book is a really a graphic picture book and a really very exciting one. And it brings together a, what I call, you know, an, an amazing partnership in picture books, Michael Wagner and Tom Jellett. And it's being published in September this year and a beautiful large format hardback. This book's been a long time in the making, but very well worth it. And it plays with the traditional picture book and graphic novel to create, you know, what Greg Rogers did a number of years ago with this beautiful Dirt by Sea. And I'll just show you that. That's a double spread of Dirt by Sea. There are so many picture cells throughout this. It's quite a remarkable feat. It's a large format, it's 48 pages, and basically it's the story of Daisy and her father 
who on hearing, mishearing one day the national anthem and sang, you know, you know Australia's Dirt by Sea, her father corrected her and said, no, no, it's Gert by Sea. And of course, Daisy is quite young and didn't really know what Gert by Sea really means, as many Australians do not. And when her dad explained what it meant, she realised she'd never seen the ocean. They live in a, um, uh, a country town, um, nowhere near the ocean, and Daisy has never been to the ocean. So her father decides he needs to take her there. Amongst all of that is the Pombie van you see there belong to the mum who has passed away. So Daisy and her dad set out to discover Australia. And this is a book about all the wonderful things along the way. It's a road trip, really. Um, father and daughter, Combi van. It's unbelievable timing in light of the last couple of years that we've all had and holidaying and traveling by car, if we can, in from one state to another. This does have them in WA, so hopefully by the time it comes out, that will be something that people can aspire to and make happen. And they go to all the famous sites, they meet different people, and they also bond over what is the loss of Daisy's mother and dad's wife, of course. This trip was always something she wanted to do, and in his grief, dad didn't quite feel up to it, but it was time after that conversation occurred. And you can see the intricate work there, the little cells there, the story is told in speech bubbles. It's really for probably five to six-year-olds and upwards, but there's so much more in it. Tom always has such a light, humorous touch, but there's also reoccurring visual literacy things to go through and look at. And Michael is such a beautiful storyteller. Um, and the way he deals with family and the dynamics of family, very, very simple things that people really identify with is so beautifully put into this book. And it's one that I'm really, really excited um, for. And I hope it will become as huge a classic as the beautiful Alison Lester's Are We There Yet? On to some junior fiction. And three titles we're really excited by that are coming in the next couple of months. I'll start with Felice Arena, who himself is unstoppable, but this book is called The Unstoppable Flying Flanagan. And Felice, many of you know, because he's a Victorian and he's everywhere, um, you know, he's had huge success with his football series, Becky McGee, many years ago. And in fact, I think it's the 20 year anniversary this month of the publication of that first book, and we will be doing an anniversary edition of that as well. But The Unstoppable Flying Flanagan is set in Darwin. It's set at just the beginning of, well, actually during World War II, but it just is on the eve really of what is the, the bombing of Darwin. And the timing is quite interesting that I'm speaking about that with you, because I think the anniversary was either yesterday or the day before of that bombing. And a lot of, of the men, as is, was very common in wartime, are away at war, but they love their footy and they're missing watching football and they're missing playing football. And so a girl team emerges during this time, headed up by Molly Flanagan. And this is based on a true story that not many people know about, um, that there was a female football team and that it was so many years ago and it just shows, you know, how long it's taken for us to have such successful female sports now in the mainstream as well. But this explores 
what it was like to be in Darwin and have that bombing occur, that real threat. It looks at the football team that is put together really to create morale and really deflect from what is a lot of fear and concern about what is going to happen. It's really for upper primary, lower secondary school, and it, it combines action and adventure and sport. And Felice has really been doing this wonderful thing with historical settings of late that um, is really terrific, and we're very excited about that one. Next up, we have Run Tomorrow. This is best-selling author Nat Amor joining forces with acclaimed graphic novelist Mike Barry to bring you a story of four kids and four superheroes who are taking their future into their own hands. It's a high-octane, gripping story. They're runaway kids. It's comic book adventure. They have superhero counterparts. Um, and it's 28 pages of graphic novel-style comics by Mike within the book. He's a Sydney-based creator, highly acclaimed, um, award-winning um, action tank graphic novels. This hybrid format, for, hybrid format um, we really think will be loved by kids. And I know we've had lots of uh, teachers and librarians and booksellers asking us for this combination. It's a great introduction into graphic novels for kids that perhaps don't know a lot about them. Um, Nat is an ex-circus aerialist, podcaster, video editor, wonder, um, and she was one of the top 10 best-selling authors at Sydney Writers' Festival this week. So she'll be doing everything she can to support this one. What we all saw by Mike Lucas is, I have to say, a couple of my publisher's favourite, favourite book this year. It's, think, it's a friendship and murder mystery story. And if you think of it as a combination of Stand By Me and Stranger Things. Now, many of us may not be huge fans of those, although we probably are, but um, it just hits a real sweet spot with that kind of adventure kid stuff. But it's really, really, really scary. It is a coming of age story as well. And there are moments that feel a bit like the sort of tone that we've seen in books like Jasper Jones but it's a really chilling, unputdownable kind of book, but quite literary as well, which is not an easy task to make a book accessible, fun-paced, scary, um, but really beautiful writing. Mike's a gorgeous writer, and we think there's a great future with him, and it's suspenseful, it's beautiful, memorable, and it still scares me. I find it really scary. <laughs> so I hope kids do too, and I'm, I'm pretty sure they like being scared. It's Mike's first young adult novel, Elder Readers. Uh, it's quite different from his other books, obviously, for those that know him. But um, what a writer and what a future we see ahead for him. Very excited about that one. Laura, that's nine minutes, um, so you'll need to start wrapping it up. Oh, I knew that would happen. Here's some other yes. books. And, and I'll, I'll mute you. <laughs> <laughs> you so you need to wrap it up. <laughs> I will wrap it up. I'm sorry. I knew that was going to happen. Quickly, a new Jackie Harvey series, Willow and Wolf, a lot younger, fun, beautiful new book by Gabrielle Wang, one of our most lovely writers, Shirley Mars, All Four Quarters of the Moon, gorgeous um, follow-up to her previous book that has just been included on the Notables, Tristan Banks, Doing What He Does Best, Ethical Dilemmas with Kids, and quickly, three beautiful picture books, one Jane Godwin and Andrew Joyner. The other one, My Bubba is the Best, bringing together the wonderful role model that is Bashar Hooli with Debbie Rahmalia. 
um, a Father's Day book, and then Jess McGeckin, who is our Oliver Jeffers with another beautiful picture book, The Tree at Number Three. Thank you for your time. Thank you, Laura. That was fantastic. I, I wish I could give you all hours, but we just can't. Um, our next uh, publisher is Alexandra Yatomi Clark from Burbay. Alexandra, you here? Yeah, I'm here. Can you hear me? Yes, absolutely. Fantastic. Over right. to you. Okay, so I'm going to try and share my screen. See if I can make it work. I think this is okay. Okay, so I'll just get it right from the beginning. Okay, from the beginning. Hi everyone, um, my name is Alexandra Yutomi Clark and I'm the Managing Director and Founder of Burbay Publishing. I'm really excited to be presenting you our 2022 list. So my first book is Say Hello by Sungmi Kim. Um, it's a picture book. So why is saying hello so difficult sometimes? This, this simple social um, greeting is just amazingly difficult and awkward sometimes. And this, when this um, submission was sent to me, I sort of interested, interested, it all I'm sorry, my words all said, um, mixed up. It um, immediately, um, I was interested in it. My own children, I see this with my own children, sometimes they're walking down the street and they see a friend from school and they um, forget to say hello. And um, I thought that was a really interesting um, thing where it, is, it can be really awkward. So this book is um, when a chance meet when you get the chance to greet somebody is to say hello. So it starts off with Mr. Wolf and Little Fox, and they're already having a bad day. Mr. Wolf is running late for something, and Little Fox is um, has just been scolded by his mother uh, for spilling the milk on the table. And so they rush out the door and they fail to say hello to each other. And what unfolds is this is this is um, escalating and um, humorous where they miss, each, miss, miss say hello to each other and, um, and all the assumptions about that person. I think this is um, a great freshen up, uh, to freshen up our skills on being social, especially with COVID and we haven't been sort of um, talking to people. So um, simple, simple greetings are, are really important. So here we can see some of the artwork. It's just three colours, so we're using Pantone blue and a Pantone um, pink and it's um, so it's really bold, those colours. Um, the artwork is very expressive. And I love some of the little bit of dialogue here. It's quite humorous. So what, did he just ignore me? I've ne I'm never saying hello to him again. I think this is just a really funny um, cautionary tale, but in a non-didactic way about the importance of greetings. My next book is The Bear and the Little Green Thing. So um, there are lots of books out there already on friendships and, and that's important. There are lots, you know, kids get that. But companionship is, uh, I think, a topic that's not really explored as much as it could be. So when the bear receives, um, when, well, when the little green thing lands on the back of the bear, um, he's met with a little bit of caution and he has to sort of convince the bear to let him stay. And then after um, he proves his usefulness, there's an unexpected friendship and then ultimately it becomes true companionship. A companionship that accepts, embraces acceptance, that loves quietly and endures the passing of time. This is a debut book from um, Dian Dian, who is a Chinese author that's based in Brussels. Last year she was shortlisted for um, the World Illustration Award. Um, 
you'll see that her artwork is beautiful. What I love about this book, it starts off with a narrator, but um, most of it is in the voice of the little green thing. So it can be, it's, and the bear says nothing. And it's just this lovely, you know, sometimes it's funny, sometimes it's poignant, um, and, and quite often quite philosophical. I think for discerning book, future book buyers, this is the one to buy. And as you can see, the end papers are just beautiful. So the next book is our junior fiction book called Moth and a Fancy Cardigan. We're really excited about this. Uh, Charlotte Lance um, and David Booth are both Melbourne-based creators. You may have heard of David Booth. David Booth is um, under the name of Ghost Patrol. He's one of the um, founding street artists. Um, he's highly collectible. He's in all the major galleries in Australia, including the Tate Gallery. So what happens is Gary, Gray, uh, Gary Graymop um, wants to be noticed and Florence Butterfly doesn't want to be uh, noticed. Um, so what happens with they, when they exchange cardigans and, and um, get to be who they want to be? I think the story is ultimately about expectations, the expectations we have of ourselves and the expectations other people have on us. Um, David Booth, who has been really generous in terms of his illustrations, um, it's, it's generously illustrated throughout the book, as you can see. And um, Charlotte Lance has got this wonderful um, voice that I think is humorous, but I think it really connects well to, that, um, to the children. And here's some, just some examples of David Booth's artwork. His work is also going to be in some of the major um, bookshops in Melbourne, so if you see his artwork, go in and have a look. All in a Day by Shihiro Takeuchi. Um, so I met Shihiro Takeuchi at the Bologna Book Fair in 2015, and we've had a collaboration for now seven years. She's a Japanese paper card artist. She's won multiple awards, um, and um, she's, this book is about you know telling the time and the days and events of this one building. And in the building, there's there's a clockmaker, there's an artist, there's a musician, there's a really awesome grandmother, and there's these retail shops, a baker and a hairdresser. But what I thought I might show you is just the detail of her work that you can see that she goes into. So this is some examples of a studio of the artwork. And you can see she's so incredibly skilled and so patient and um, just so beautiful. And all the artwork is incredibly detailed. I like this one of the studio where you can see all her, her artwork. But not only is, oh, sorry about my dog, um, not only is there a narrative, there is this search and find element. And um, you get to get the children get to read into it and see all the beautiful detail of the book. So there'll be questions about how many cats, or you know how many, you know, um, you know how many pizza cartons this dog has. So the um, the bike had the delivery man has. <laughs> I'm putting my words correct. I'm being unnerved by the dog. So here's some examples of her artwork. Okay, so pet care. So pet care. John Canty. He's an award-winning, best-selling author. Um, you know, all his books are hits. I, I, you know, I, I don't think I need to convince you guys about how incredibly gifted he is. This one, Canty explores the bond people have with their chosen animal family in a fresh way and reminds us that regardless of age, everyone can benefit from the companionship they provide. Um, John is a master and this is another example of his skill. Every, every part of his illustrations and his text is skillfully and carefully placed. I cannot tell you how incredibly um, detailed he is and how, uh, how many drafts we go through he is. 
a real master and I'm not surprised that when we go and license these books they are always auctioned. He is highly desirable overseas um, and it's great that he's Melbourne based at one. And sometimes a more beautiful artwork. Okay, so here's Dinosaur Bones. Again, this is our second um, follow-on book to Whose Bones. Um, Shihiro Takeuchi again has collaborated with the Osaka Natural History Museum. Um, so all the all the dinosaurs have been scientifically approved in terms of their skeletal details. A great in, introduction to vertebrae. Um, it's similar to similar format to the first book, Whose Bones. You get some clues, some visual clues with the food that they eat and the footprints, scattered bones, and they have to try and work out which dinosaur it is. Um, there also is a fun facts page at the end. Uh, I think this is um, all the usual favourites dinosaurs are there, the T-Rex, you know, all the, the, you know, they're all great there. So the last book I'm going to present is Bunny Girl Treehouse Friends. Okay, so this is um, the second book to Johnny, Holly Jane's uh, first book, which is um, Bunny Girl. Um, it, this is a picture book format, but it's in a graphic novel. Sorry, a graphic novel in a picture book format, 32 pages. Um, again, B is an aspiring superhero, and um, she's um, helps out a boy called James to overcome his shyness. Um, like all her books, she's um, she's very heavily influenced into the Japanese kawaii culture, and if you sort of see her artwork. It's just so incredibly adorable. Great entry length level into um, uh, graphic novels. I think you'll really enjoy this book. It's really sweet. Um, great for that, you know, five to seven year olds. So uh, any further information, please don't hesitate to contact us. We are doing a promotion where we're doing free shipping online for all our books if you use the code SLAB22. And this is just a short offer and it ends at the end of this month. And thank you for having me. That's it. So Wonderful. Thank, thank you, Alexandra. That was fantastic. Some beautiful books. Um, it is my pleasure to introduce our next speaker. Uh, we're now going to hear from Kate Lloyd from Text Publishing. Welcome, Kate. Hello. Um, I ha may have trouble sharing my screen, I'm sorry to say, um, because I'm not using the desktop app. However, okay. the well, whole let's presentation go. is in the Padlet, so if you want to follow along over there, then feel um, please feel free. Um, okay, so yeah, my name's Kate. I'm the Sales and Marketing Manager at Text, um, and I'm really excited to run you through our key children's and YA books coming this year. They're all books by Australian authors, um, and there are teaching notes available on our website for all of these titles. So, all right, so the first one that I'm going to go through is called Growing Up in Flames by Zach Jones. Um, this is a brilliant debut that tackles some of the really big life stuff and it's out next week, so um, not too long to wait. In it, we meet Kenna, whose mother was killed in a bushfire not long ago. Noah's mother struggles with her mental health and he's essentially her carer. One night, Kenna sees the general store on fire and a boy standing watching as it burns. He's holding a petrol can. So she tackles him and runs off with his bag. The bag belongs to Noah and he really wants it back. The story is a, is a for YA audiences. It's told from the perspective of three different characters. Um, Growing Up in Flames is a gritty, realist novel that's perfect for fans of Vicki Wakefield. Um, it explores contemporary masculinity and the experience of children who are responsible for the care of their parents. So later in March on the 29th, we have Sugar by Carly Nugent. 
Carly is exploding onto the YA scene. Um, you may know her from her um, book, The Peacock Detectives, for middle grade readers. Um, and she's just, I'm just so impressed with her brilliant novel that she's um, put together for older readers. So in Sugar, we meet Persephone. She's a complex, fiercely intelligent uh, young woman. She's also really angry. Um, Persephone lives with type 1 diabetes, and she's absolutely sick of her mum asking, how's your sugar? Um, she's also grappling with the recent death of her father and trying to get through the roller coaster of life while also grieving and feeling out of control. Um, this is a really important novel for younger people, especially those dealing with loss or illness. Carly writes from her own experiences um, of life with type 1 diabetes, and this compelling story is going to appeal to both students and adults. The next book we have on our list for May, um, our author needs no introduction to many of you, I'm sure. Um, it's Karis McEwan's All the Little Tricky Things. Uh, this is her debut novel for primary school age children. So it's about 11-year-old Bertie who is anxious about starting secondary school. So her best friend Claire comes up with a really good idea. She challenges her to write a list to complete over the summer in order to prepare for starting high school. Bertie sort of faces her fears head on, but as her and Claire go through the list, um, cracks start to appear in their friendship. This is such a charming, heartfelt novel about a time when everything is changing and it would be the perfect read for any 11-ish year old who is trying to make it all. But to be honest, it's also good for any kind of child who's about to go into a, a new space or going through challenges or something that's uncertain in their future. We're going to create extra resources um, for the kind of target readership um, that will be available on our website as well, um, maybe like a little template that students can make their list of things that they want to do before they start high school or things they want to overcome. So I think it's going to be really perfect for that readership. In May, we are at the end of May, we're publishing The Museum of Broken Things by Lauren Draper. This is a lively, witty novel that is very charming and bookish, but it also offers insight on a young woman's experience dealing with grief and guilt. Our main character, Reese, has moved to a small beachside town with her family. She's not settled into her new life in school quite yet, and everything just doesn't feel right. But when Reese inherits a strange artifact that belonged to her grandmother, she begins to unravel a mystery from the past that changes everything. This book is all about letting go of the past and finding your place in the world, and it's also about falling in love with a very cute lifesaver named Gideon. In August, we have The Brink by Holden Shepherd. This is one of our biggest books of the year. Um, think Euphoria meets Skins meets Sex Education. So this is a YA novel set in WA. It's about a group of school leavers, or schoolies as I would call them, um, as they embark on their road trip pilgrimage to celebrate the end of high school. So they're initially turned away from the town they were supposed to stay in and they end up in this kind of off-grid shack village. The locals, safe to say, are not very chuffed that a group of rowdy teens have arrived, but they agree to let them in under the proviso that there's no trouble. Cue trouble, uh, drinking, drugs, sex, and during one of the parties, a local turns up dead, assumed murdered. Tensions arise and explode between the locals and the group of teens, and it all unravels. It's, this book pulls absolutely no punches. It's really thrilling. Um, but it's not just a straight-down-the-line thriller. It's really gritty and real um, with really excellent, realistic portrayals of queer teenagehood and the huge expectations we place on our set on ourselves at this pivotal moment of our lives. Um, it's also just a really cracking read, like it's got a lot of crossover for adults as well. Um, you'll fly through it once you read it. 
So you may know Holden Shepard from his debut YA novel Invisible Boys, which has won numerous awards and is being adapted for TV. So that's a really big release for us this year. Uh, in August, we've got Sadie Starr's Guide to Starting Over by Miranda Luby. So Sadie Starr is obsessed with starting over. A new year, a new diet, a new social media identity, anything that gives her a chance to be a better version of herself. So when her family move into state, she's excited for the change, but life at her new school proves starting over is more complicated than she expected. She joins the pink badged girl gang on a mission to support women, but it's not quite as simple as jumping on the bandwagon when it comes to cancel culture at school. This is a really engaging and funny look at the pitfalls of striving for perfection and learning to realize that your flaws are what make you human. On the uh, 30th of August, we have our winner of the 2021 Text Prize coming out. This is an exceptional book called Dancing Barefoot by Alice Boyle. It's a really delightful queer romance between two teenage girls living in Melbourne. It encapsulates all of that wonderful awkwardness um, of the romances you have in your teen years. There's no, what I love about it as, as well is that there's no sort of coming out story. Um, the main character, Patch, is, is just gay and her best friend is just trans and they're navigating all the usual kind of teenage challenges. Um, Patch lives above a record shop on Sydney Road and there's a ton of music references in the book. So it kind of creates this really cool soundtrack um, to your experience of reading the book. It's really smart, it's funny and immensely readable. It feels like a big hug and it's just a joy to read. Uh, and then finally, we have The Goodbye Year by Emily Gale the much-loved Emily Gale, I should say. She's back with a thoughtful and gentle novel about the excitement and apprehension of life on the cusp of change at the end of primary school. It's set in 2020, so this book stars Harper, whose parents are healthcare workers, um, and they take a job overseas to work in a war zone. So Harper moves in with her grandmother, who she doesn't know too well, um, and just as she starts getting used to that, the pandemic arrives. She finds solace in the library and becomes fixated on this old army badge that seems to have a mind of its own. She could have sworn she saw a ghost in the library amongst the stack of books too. So it all goes from there. This is a really fantastic book to offer to younger readers who need some comfort as they head into a stage of life that looms with uncertainty. Um, and then on the final slide, if you're following along on the Padlet, are just two extra books um, that we have from international authors that are coming out in November. We have Cursed by Marissa Meyer. It's the follow-up to Gilded, which we published November last year. So it's a fantastic um, fantasy story. And we have the new Joan He. Um, yeah, so all both really exciting as well. And if you have any questions or if you have trouble accessing the slideshow, um, just get in touch and I'll send it over. That was fantastic, Kate. Thank you very much. It's wonderful to hear about Caris's book coming out. Obviously, she's a great friend to all of us, and we'll celebrate with her when it's released. That's, uh, it's, it's just fantastic to hear. So thank you very much for that. We'll move along. We're doing very well. Our next speaker is Melissa Kaiser from Hardy Grant Explore. Melissa, I can see you there. Welcome. Hello. Sorry, just speech then, but I assume you can hear me now. <laughs> Yes, we can. Okay, great. Uh, so, yes, hello. I'm Melissa Kayser and I'm the publisher for Hardy Grant Explore. So, just to explain, there are a few divisions of Hardy Grant. There is Hardy Grant Children's Publishing and also Hardy Grant Books. Um, and so, I work across 
adult and children's titles uh, for Hardy Ground Explore. So we do a range of, of books from travel to First Nations titles and we have had success of late with our children's um, books including Finding Our Heart by Thomas Mayer which is a picture book on the Uluru Statement. Uh, so just to give you a quick bit of background about me, uh, so I have published um, Professor Marcia Langton's book Welcome to Country and the way that came about is that I was actually a student of Marcia's uh, when I was at Melbourne Uni uh, about 20 years ago and I just remember sitting in Marcia's lectures and just being embarrassed that I had um, been born and grown up in this country and I knew nothing about the First Peoples. Um, so I'm really passionate about First Nations education and if our books can uh, do have a small um, impact in, uh, I guess, making all of us proud that we are the home of the uh, longest continuing culture on earth, then um, that's something that I would like to do. Uh, so I'm going to talk about three books um, and I'll just share my screen so you can see uh, what's on the Padlet. Um, so the first book um, that uh, is here is uh, The First Scientist by Corey Tutt. Um, and oh, I don't know if that one's going to come up, so I'll just keep it here, sorry. <laughs> so uh, I'm really pleased to say that this book has just been um, included as a notable book in the CBCA, or CBCA Awards. Um, so the author is Corey Tush. Um, he's a Gamilaroi man from Nowra. As a kid, Corey dreamed of becoming a zookeeper and in high school he developed a love of STEM subjects. But unlike the arts and sport, he found there was little encouragement for First Nations people to pursue careers in STEM. So in 2018, Corey founded Deadly Science, a not-for-profit organisation that aims to provide science books and telescopes to remote schools in Australia and connects young First Nations people with mentors to encourage their participation in STEM. In, in 2020, Corey was named the New South Wales Young Australian of the Year and he also received a Human Rights Hero Award from the Human Rights Commission. So his book, The First Scientist, it's a joyful book featuring illustrations by Black Douglas. It's for kids aged 7 to 12 years um, and this book will, will really nourish readers' love of science and also develop their respect for First Nations knowledge. The book has six chapters, the first astronomers, the first engineers, the first forensic scientists, the first chemists, the first land managers and the first ecologists. And each section highlights how science is embedded in First Nations culture. Uh, the second book we've got here uh, is a new series we've started called Plume, which is uh, for uh, four to seven year olds and it's by acclaimed author and illustrator Tammy McCartney. Plume is a penguin who lives in Antarctica but he's a little bit different from any other Antarctic penguin. He isn't content in his world of black and white and he's desperate to see all of the far off places he reads about in his library. So he hops on board the Albatross Express and visits different countries around the world in each book, discovering different cultures and ways of life. Tanya's illustrations alone make these books a real joy for both adults and children to read. But there are also some important themes that carry through each book in the series, including celebrating diversity and being open to new experiences. Um, so you, you can see here book one, which is Plume World Explorer, but we've got book two, which is Plume Global Nibbler, uh, and that's all about food, uh, and that's out in May this year. 
and then uh, Plume Festival Seeker, uh, which is book three, that's out in October, and that's when Plume uh, goes to different countries around the world uh, to experience different festivals and celebrations. Um, and each book features a different Pantone colour. So you can see here that the first book has a really beautiful bright red. Um, and so once you have the collection, you'll have a lovely sort of rainbow of, uh, of different uh, coloured books in the Plume series. Uh, and so finally, um, the third book to mention is Looking After Country with Fire. Uh, so the author, Victor Stefferson, he's a Tagalaka man and has more than 20 years experience as an Indigenous fire practitioner, applying traditional burning knowledge as a way to care for country and also to avoid the terrible bushfires we've seen of late. We published Victor's adult book, Fire Country, in February 2020, which was just after the, the terrible bushfires at the end of 20, 2019. Um, so we've now created this uh, companion uh, title for children aged five to 10 years. The book follows uh, elder Uncle Ku as he takes two children out on country to do a cool burn. So the book explains the benefits of, um, well, sorry, explains what a cool burn is and how that's different from uh, back burning. And it really highlights uh, in a way that children can understand the benefits of traditional burning knowledge. Um, and it also features beautiful illustrations by Victor's sister, Sandra. Um, and Victor's also actually a musician, so he's created a song to complement the book. So we've got the song here, uh, and uh, yeah, it's quite a catchy tune. Um, so yeah, that's all from me. So all three books, we have teacher's notes free to download from our website. And um, if you want to hear more about what we're up to, you can uh, follow us on Instagram. Fantastic, Melissa. Uh, some wonderful titles. I look forward to investigating them more. Now, who have we next? Ah, it is my distinct pleasure to welcome Marianne Ballantyne to the screen, who is going to talk to us twice this afternoon. But first, I think it's Wild Dog. Is that correct, Marianne? Welcome. Oh, we've got you muted. Hold on. I can unmute you. There we are. Oh, there we go. Lots of people would like to mute me. So, um, we uh, yes, I'm going to talk about Wild Dog and then later on I'm going to talk about Magabala. So you'll be sick of me by the end of the day. Here we go where I share my screen. Oh my God, slideshow. Is that working? Not yet, but it oh, there we go. There we go. Hooray. Uh, okay, so I'm really, and, and we need to start at the beginning, don't we? How's that? There we go. Wild Dog. There we are. Okay, our first book for the year is a, an unusual little book, um, not the normal thing we publish, but I just love it so much I had to publish it. And the royalties book goes to home, and I think kids are going to love it. It's a true story of a dog that was abandoned and left at the lost dog's home, happened to be part Rhodesian Ridgeback, you know, not your regular family dog. He's adopted by our author Robert Lorenzen, who's a surfer. And every time Robert goes to the beach, Spike would whine and pace up and down and just want to be with Rob. Uh, it's a story of love and devotion. So Rob has a surfboard made, we grip on it and Spike starts to surf with Rob and eventually Spike starts standing up and surfing himself. And Rob takes him to 
the Noosa um, surfing competition and he is the reigning champion of dog surfing. He's now 14. He's about to contest that um, title. Oh, sorry. I'll, I'll, I'll put my microphone up. Is that better? I hope so. Um, he will um, contest his title on the 5th of March in Noosa. I think this is just a gorgeous book about, you know, um, love, devotion, patience, all those things um, that kids will really love. Great for reluctant readers. Which brings me to my next little book, which is in March. We have this gorgeous little title um, from written by Sue Hindle, who is a practitioner, and Sue Lawson, of course, who's an author, illustrated by the brilliant Prue Pitok. Now, I, um, you know, seemingly anxiety is at epidemic proportions, and um, this little book is a very practical way for kids to check in on their own emotions and to help them be able to articulate how they are feeling and then take steps to help themselves in the process through anxiety, grief, whatever. It is a very, very practical and delightful little book um, and all kids will get something from it. And the teachers that we are... Um, know that are using this book um, currently are all raving about it. And we had someone buy five copies and they came back to get a class set, which was just lovely. Um, so I think this is just what the doctor ordered because it is it is utterly practical. There's nothing woo-woo about it, just things that kids can really get hold of. Um, okay, how... You might all remember the students of Mount Mayhem Primary from the fantastic vote for me. Um, Chris Saclier, who's an electoral um, educator, and Kathy Wilcox, of course, who's the political cartoonist, are back again with Camp Canberra. So the kids from Mount Mayhem are off on the bus on camp and they go to all the sites of particular significance to Australians in Canberra. Um, it's just a um, you know, great fun way of looking at Canberra and what what it should um, what it means to us and what can they um, what can they um, see there and learn about Australia's history, politics, of all of those things. And frankly, I didn't know Canberra was that interesting, but it's it's a really cute little book. Of course, great teacher support material for that one on our website, like all our books. In March, we've got this little beauty by, um, written and illustrated by Donna Rawlins. We did this book with Plum Tree, which is a school in Sydney that um, has children of different um, differing abilities. So it is a book, really, that celebrates libraries and community and um, all the um, you know things that people can get from a library, how warm and welcoming it is. It is naturally diverse, naturally in inclusive. Um, I just think it's the most wonderful, reassuring book. Um, and my next one, um, I don't know about you, but I, I am all for, I mean, the great thing about being Australian 
publishers that we can publish Australian books and, and label them as Australian and have triple zero and not 911 all those things. Um, but this little book, I've never in my 37 years as a publisher published a rhyming book. This is my first one ever and it is just beautiful. So it celebrates um, all, all the vehicles that the kids might see on the road and recognise that are going places to help people and of course the people that get them there. But it's particularly Australian um, emergencies, bushfire, flood, it's all been approved. Um, for best practice in terms of you know what people need to do in those situations. So apart from being quite a reassuring book, it's also really good information and it's very, very recognisable situations um, for kids. So um, and for April, this one is um, one that's very close to our own heart, written, written by Radri Mann, Duncan Smith, with Nicole Godwin, who's a Canberra author, illustrated by Yorta Yorta Man, Jandamara Cad. It is a book about what it means to be a citizen of Australia. With very simple and direct text, it talks about as a citizen of Australia, you have rights but you have responsibilities. And the, the important thing is that we know our true history, that we respect country. So I, I think this is the book that we've been waiting for for a number of years where it will um, you know, really explain to kids how they can be part of this, that it's not other, that it, that it is actually part of them as well if they live on country in Australia. Um, and then back by popular man, I just wanted to remind you about germs because we've had to reprint and reprint and reprint this since COVID because germs are very misunderstood and perhaps children are a little bit worried about them. But it's a, it's a terrific little book. So that's back in stock and in print. And just not to forget a little book that we did late last year, which is a very positive environmental story. Um, of um, man-made intervention that has actually worked to help the environment. So, um, and just so superbly illustrated by Jean Jones. Um, so yeah, I recommend that one to you. I urge you to go to our website, look at our brilliant teacher support material and um, yeah, send us an email, Anything we can help you with, we would love to. And that is it from me. Did I come in under time, Susan? Oh, you did. Aren't you just wonderful? <laughs> Fantastic. I didn't talk to you, everyone. <laughs> we will hear from you again um, at the end, I think. I think you're, you're oh, finishing up with Magabala. So thank you, Marianne. That was wonderful. If you can stop sharing your screen. And can I put a call out? I, I can't see Miriam Rosenbloom from Scribe anywhere here. Miriam, if you are there, can you give a yell? Uh, I've checked all of the, and I think she was coming in from, uh, I think, picking up children. So uh, what I'm going to do is maybe charge ahead. And I'm going to ask Caroline, if you don't mind uh, a favour, if you wouldn't mind going next, Caroline, is that all right? Absolutely fine. 
Oh, you're fantastic. And uh, and then if uh, if uh, if Miriam does manage to join us, we will um, we will include her after you. So it is my pleasure then to welcome the ever flexible. Thank you, Caroline Walsh ah. from Allen and Unwin. Um, welcome, Caroline. Uh, thank you very much. I'm just trying to share my get onto my desktop to share the. PowerPoint presentation and of course the link isn't working, wouldn't you just know it? So I'm just going to power on through while my um, computer is thinking and just say um, thanks Susan, thanks to SLAB for organising this and thanks to um, all the teacher librarians out there who um, have given up their afternoon to listen to us talk. So firstly if I can just say all the titles that I will be um, uh, talking about come with teacher resources. If the titles are out now, the teacher resources are available and I've put them on the Padlet. If uh, most of them, however, will be published um, in the coming months, in which case uh, the teacher resources will be available at the time of release. Um, and if you're looking ever for teacher resources, just go on the alanandunwin.com.au website. Um, and also, I'm limited to only 10 uh, titles at the, for this presentation, there are so many more that we're publishing in the next six months and I've put our Best Books for Your School catalogue on the Padlet as well. So you just need to click on the link for that and you can scroll through to your heart's content um, to find out uh, anything and everything about the books we've got coming out. To start with um, today, I'd like to talk about ceremony and this really isn't going to connect for some reason. So. Um, Ceremony is uh, the second book in the Welcome to Our Country series. You may know the first book which came out last year, uh, Somebody's Land. It is by, uh, it was by, and um, the whole series is by um, Australian of the Year community leader and anti-racism advocate Adam Goods and his good friend and colleague, uh, journalist Ellie Lang. Um, in April, we have Ceremony, the second title in the series, uh, and we're super excited about it. Um, thank you. Somebody's going to present my, uh, my put on the um, PowerPoint for me. We're super excited about this. It, in Ceremony, um, we're invited to uh, enter a First Nations ceremony featuring dance, food, and um, the passing on of stories. It's told in a thoroughly um, age-appropriate Ideally for, I'd say, about kindy to year three. Uh, it's warm, it's accessible. Um, it features words from Adam Goods' own family's language group. Um, they're scattered all the way through the story and woven in seamlessly. There's a visual glossary to um, help little kids in the end papers uh, work out what the words mean. And there's also a QR code with Adam Goods and Ellie Lang um, reading the story. Um, if whoever is sharing could just hit the next button for me because I don't think I can. Thank you. Um, Whisper on the Wind is by well-known and beloved author Claire Saxby and once again she teams up with Jess Ratcliffe to create a wonderful new picture book. Um, you might remember their earlier uh, work last year was Iceberg which had uh, been warmly welcomed by uh, many uh, teacher librarians uh, that I've spoken to and this time around um, Whisper on the Wind features a lyrical cumulative text that celebrates the wonder of the ocean and the joys of coming home. Um, Claire's poetic language is um, beautifully uh, 
supported um, with Jess's illustrations, which enrich and extend the text um, and create an imaginative world full of nautical adventure and messages in bottles and mysterious sea creatures. It's absolutely beautiful and um, perfect for uh, kindy to about year two. Have you, uh, if we could go on to the next one, <laughs> to the kind person who's sharing my, my PowerPoint. If you've ever wondered how gravity works or what life would be like without gravity, well, you can find out in this fun um, introduction to the idea of what must come up, there must, what um, goes up must come down. And by fun, I mean um, Ouch Tales of Gravity is a genuinely funny book, um, which is, happens to be fact-filled and breaks down a really sophisticated and, to my mind, fairly complicated, um, to a non-scientific sort of person's mind, um, complicated concept into really smaller digestible ideas that kids in years four to, uh, one to four will be able to easily grab. Um, it's written by uh, a picture book author of ours um, who's done some very non-STEM books previously, including Anzac Girl, The War Diaries of Alice Ross King. Um, but she also happens to be a chemical engineer. So she's got serious STEM cred and um, hence the tone of the book is very knowledgeable and personable, but it's never dry and didactic. Um, along the way, we learn all sorts of interesting facts, including why you just cannot eat cornflakes in space. So it really takes a fun kind of look at this. It's ideal for kids who are curious about the world around them and includes an information sheet at the back and um, as easy scientific science experiment that you can do at home or easily in the classroom or in the library. And then our next title, Where Began as a Life as a Poem, um, read by a then 14-year-old Jordan Collins at a slam poetry festival in Sydney and it left its audience spellbound. Several years later, Jordan, who is non-binary, describes um, their motivation to write where, and I'm quoting her, I'm African-American Greek-Australian, which means I have dark skin and curly hair. My whole life I've been looked at and asked, where are you from? What people are really asking when they ask that question is, why don't you look like me? I wrote the poem where, partly out of frustration of being asked questions like that, and the poem's my way of connecting with people who ask these questions and show them that I'm just human like they are, that I'm not a wonder or an enigma just because of the colour of my skin. The book's illustrations are strikingly beautiful, as I think you can see there, uh, they, and they enrich and extend the poem on every page. Our next title. Many of you probably know uh, Karen Foxley for her hugely successful novels, The Most Magical Girl, Lenny's Book of Everything, and last year's uh, delightful Dragonskin. In her latest novel, uh, she is running for a younger audience than previously, and this is junior fiction for years one to four at its very best. And because kids of that age just love a story that continues, this is the start of a brand new, highly illustrated fantasy adventure series. Each story in, uh, in the series is set in an exotic location and features a mythological creature, but also features strong contemporary themes that kids can really um, start to wrap their minds around, including anxiety and environmental issues such as overdevelopment. Our next title is Wheeler. We're really excited about this book. Um, Megafauna, Dragons, Heart-Stopping Adventure. This young middle grade series has everything. But best of all, Wheeler is 
the, the heart and soul of this story. She's a funny, smart and relatable young First Nations heroine who's surrounded by an excellent cast of animal friends. Wheeler isn't a warrior, not yet anyway. She's strong-wheeled, she's an independent pick run girl from the Ma Nation, and she loves animals. But when her family is stolen by dragons, her life is forever changed as she sets out on a journey to save them. And in so doing so, she becomes a warrior like her grandmother before her. The creators of Wheeler have modelled uh, this series on the reading experience of Ando's Wolf Girl, which is also uh, published by Ellen and Unwin. It's um, got very simple, accessible language, lots of action and loads of illustrations. So it feels just right for years three to six. The next title is... Uh, the, a new one through in which carries on the through my eyes and through my eyes natural disaster zones. Um, all of these books and series are part of a powerful and moving uh, story, a set of stories about children caught up in um, well in the through my eyes natural disaster zones series in in Australia oh, in natural disasters, but the new series is concentrating on Australian natural disasters. Tiena, the first book in this series, allows readers to experience the physical, emotional and social implications of Tasmanian's 2019 Central Highlands bushfires through the eyes of one child. The book features maps, an extensive timeline and useful further reading and is totally linked to the Australian curriculum for years five to eight across the English and geography uh, curriculums as well as general capabilities and the sustainability cross-curriculum. The next title. We'll need to wrap it up right. so, very quickly. And here's uh, something really different. It's a graphic novel. Um, it is uh, for sort of 14 to, so I'd say about year nine upwards. Um, it's thoroughly warm, it's uplifting, it's the stories of uh, a story of a, of a girl in high school who um, comes across some fairly heavy uh, situations in terms of self-harm, eating disorders, learning difficulties amongst her friends, but ultimately it's a story that's very positive about friendship and love and self-discovery. And for the last two titles, um, I'm just going to quickly say excellent YA novels. The last one, Only a Monster, which if we skip straight to the very last one, was number one on the YA bestseller list both this week and last week, and I totally recommend it. It's out now. There are teaching um, tips available for it, and it subverts so many of the tropes of YA um, fantasy that it's just fun to read, but it's also something you can really get your teeth into and that students are going to be able to talk about for quite some time. And that's it for me. Thank you, Caroline. Sorry to move you along. No, no problem. Great books. Fantastic. Thank you very much. Now, I noticed that in between, while Caroline very kindly stepped in, Miriam Rosenbloom from Scribe Publishing has joined us. So, Miriam, are you okay to present? Welcome. We can unmute you. There we are. You're unmuted now. Um. And am I able to share my screen? Is that Absolutely. There's a share button at the bottom of the screen. Okay. Yep. Sorry. 
Is your presentation on Padlet? It's not on Padlet. It's just, sorry, I've just got a PDF and for some reason it's not letting WebEx. I think Monica's asking if your PDF is on the Padlet, she can load it for you. Um, no, it's not. No, on that's OK then. Um, sorry, I'm just, uh, for some reason, this isn't wanting to. Would you like us to ask Marianne to go next and then we could come back to you? How's that for a plan? Um, I think I've just, yeah, that would be great. Thank you. Sorry. Okay then. Um, Marianne, do you mind stepping up and sharing with us Magabala? Let me unmute you and now you are talking. Hello. Um, Hello Marianne. Magabala, please. We'd love to hear about Magabala. Okay. Hang on. I'm just getting my act together. <laughs> Pressure. Sorry. You're wonderful to step up. Thank Hello. you. So uh, everyone's probably just wanting a glass of wine right about now. I'm starting to think about one myself. So, uh, okay, I just want to talk a little bit about Makabala because they are Australia's Indigenous publisher and I really want to urge everyone to look to Makabala for books that are, um, for books by Indigenous creators that where there is permission, where it is correct, they are the most exacting mob in terms of making sure everything is is properly done, that it's spreading the seeds of Aboriginal culture, that is their motto. Um, so I just want to talk in general about them. Their, um, their teacher support material is, is excellent. What they're doing in publishing wise is excellent. And what I love about the list is it comes at um, Aboriginal culture from all different ways. Um, so just the first book I've got up there is part of a series, the Bush Mob series. And these are really um, cute little stories in one book, but a great way for some kids to get hold of um, Indigenous culture through the animals. Um, oh, what am I doing? Sorry. Now, um, this is the front and back cover of a book we've got coming for July. Uh, and it's called Open Your Heart to Country. And I just urge you to take a moment to look at that most stunning illustration. It is by Jasmine Seymour. You remember she's the author of Kui Midgar that won the Prime Minister's Surprise. She's also the author of Baby Business, a beautiful book introducing kids to the idea of, um, of you know, smoking your baby to introduce them to country. And she is the illustrator of. Mariana, you got slides that you're you think you're sharing with us because they're not not sharing. Are you just no. looking at me? That's oh, cool. we're just looking at you, which is lovely. But yeah. I, I think you. I thought you were talking about something we're meant to be looking at. So if you can yeah. share your screen, we'll see it. Hang on. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. <laughs> Thank you. Doing on. Share. Oh, it's not working. Share. Yes, now it's working. Okay, that's great. I'm sorry, it looks a bit funny, but it's obviously the only way to do it. So this is a book 
that's just come out in February. This is the one I was talking about, it's a collection of stories. It's a great way for some kids to come at Indigenous culture. I think that um, it's a really lovely little series about bush animals. This one here, just have a moment to have a look at that illustration, how rich and beautiful it is. This book will make you cry. Every time I look at it, it makes me cry. Jasmine Seymour, as I said, you, you know she's an award-winning um, author and artist now. And it is about just being in country, watching, listening, observing, and, you know, what country can do for you. I think it's really sort of about healing, actually. Um, I just think this book is, is stunning. And you'll see on the... Um, on the right-hand page, we've got the actual um, words in language. Um, so, yeah, that one's coming in July and cannot wait. It's just beautiful. And just to go back, um, uh, Mugabella had a flood. You might not know this, but their offices got flooded. So they couldn't send <laughs> their forward lists. I only had those ones that I already had. Um, they're poor things. They're beside themselves. But anyway, I just wanted to say, do not forget about these books. The um, uh, Country Series, of course, sharing was just um, listed as a notable last night. Um, they are just the beautiful, simple tenets of Aboriginal culture. Um, which are, are so beautiful and so strong and so easy for little kids to get hold of, respect and sharing. I mean, um, yeah, couldn't be anything better. This beautiful one, Sea Country, Annie Patsy Cameron, who is in, uh, uh, part of the mob that were herded onto Flinders Island. We were, we were certainly taught when I was at school that all the Tasmanian Aboriginals were killed. They were not. They are strong. Their, their culture is strong. This book is just a stunning observance of nature and time from the point of view of um, uh, an Aboriginal mob who live on an island by the sea rather than um, desert outback. And I, this, if anyone had asked me what my book of the year was for last year, this would be it. It is a book about Albert Namajira and it's written by Vincent Namajira, who's his grandson. And it is, um, and of course, Vincent Namajira won the, the Archibald Prize last year for his portrait of Adam Goods. Um, it is such a beautiful book. And in terms of truth telling, this does not shy away from the fact that Albert Namajira was um, sent to jail. Um, he wasn't allowed to be in it. He wasn't counted as an Australian citizen. Then he was the first Aboriginal who was given the rights to be um, to vote. By, they made him an Australian citizen because he was such a successful artist. Of course, he was sent to jail um, and really never recovered from that. But in terms of truth-telling and our true history, I think this book is um, really important because it does it in the most matter-of-fact way um, no shying away from it. I've read this with even really little kids and they are um, moved by it, curious by it, and then moved by the fact that we would have um, incarcerated such a great man. So that is just my little plea for you to look to Magabala for your Indigenous books. Um, they are such a stunning, superb publisher and they do a great job and their office is underwater at the moment. So please think of something. Okay, thank you very much.
Miriam, you're, you're on. We can't hear you. I can't hear you. Okay. Oh, sorry, I was muted. Um, this is the first time I've done Slav and the first time I've used WebEx. Um, have had a few challenges. So uh, I just want to share with you what we had resolved this. Um, my books, but it doesn't look like it's going to happen. So maybe I'll just have to do some show and tell with actual physical books, old fashioned way. Um, I'm really sorry about this. That's fine. That's fine. Is that all right? Yeah, yeah absolutely. Okay. Go for it. You've got you've got about eight minutes. Off you go. Got about eight minutes. Okay. Um, <laughs> it's just a very chaotic day. I have my seven-year-old with me, and a lot has been happening this afternoon. Um, all right. So I'm just going to grab some books for the show and tell. So some of the books on the back you will see um, Scribble's been around since 2016 and we specialise in illustrated picture books and we have a big focus on high-end production and really high quality illustration. Um, you will have probably seen All the Ways to Be Smart, that's a book that we published in 2019 that went on to win the Arbia for Best Children's Book of the Year and we've sold 150,000 copies of that book around the world which is ridiculous for an imprint that involves at the moment two people. <laughs> so it's really crazy and we're very happy about that. Um, last year we uh, had a highly commended book with An Enemy is Not the Enemy at the CBCAs and we also had a shortlisted book with a wonderful Who's Your Real Mum. And I just also wanted to share this book, Tomorrow is a Brand New Day, which is Alison and Davina's final follow-up to All the Ways to Be Smart. I think it took us three years to make it. Are you going to do a bit of show and tell in the background? Thank you. Perfect. There they are. <laughs> um, so this took three years in the making. It came out last year and I think actually in the perfect time. It's a book which is that sort of pitch perfect emotional intelligence rhyming that Davina does so well and the incredible illustrations that Alison is internationally renowned for with the same kind of incredible colours. It's very, very beautiful. I'll put on the Padlet um, after this a link to seeing the pages of this book in case anyone would like to see more of it. Uh, and so this is a book about how we make mistakes, treat people badly, the reasons why we do it, and how we can forgive ourselves and start afresh. Thank you. We're getting some more. Oh yes, that was a bit from last year as well. There's some more activity from last year. Thank you, assistant. Um, we just found out last night that or that a pair of pairs and. Tomorrow's a brand new day, both on the notables list for the CBCA Early Childhood Award, which is great. Um, and the first book for this year that we've got to share is Daniel Gray Barnett's follow-up to Grandma Z that we published in 2019, uh, which he won the CBCA Crichton Award for the new illustrator. So Katarina Crookshanks is a little bit like my kid, um, a very uh, opinionated, dramatic, 
outrageous, charismatic character who sometimes is a bit too much for their friends. And it's sort of about making space for the outrageous people in your life and how community and relationships work. We just had a great review this week in books and publishing, which nicely acknowledged the choice that Daniel made to have a lead non-binary character in a book that has absolutely nothing to do with gender identity because it's a matter of a fact. It's not something that we need to discuss every time we use non-binary pronouns. So that's really exciting. Um, I can put that on Padlet. And then later this year, got printouts of what I was doing. I've got a book coming in August called Magic Counting, which is, I oh know that's you, I know you're in that one. Yeah. Um, which is with an incredible artist and geometrist, Nabil Khan, who's originally from London but now based in Australia. And it's the most astonishing take on a counting book I've ever seen. Um, he approaches the relationship of numbers not only to 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, but also to the way that numbers are found in art, in architecture, in nature, in religious symbolism, in spirituality, and manages to tie them all together into this incredible way to kind of explain to kids how they can see numbers in the world. It's a very kind of left brain way of understanding maths and I hope it will be a really special way for kids who feel like maths isn't for them or they're not kind of maths kids to actually understand that maths is all around them and maths is in the buildings that we walk past and in the gardens that we love to pick flowers from and it's in the blocks that we build. So it's a really beautiful and special board book. I'll put it on the Padlet. I wish I could show it to you. And the next one I've got to tell you about is a book called Market Day, which is by a really incredible Australian illustrator artist, Alice Eyre, who's very well known for her screen print texture styles. And this is called Off to the Market. And this is a book which is a kid's exploration of going to the market on a Sunday with a parent. And they go around the market and they choose all the fruit and vegetable and bread and eggs that they're going to collect. And so it's sort of a combination of a very kind of beautiful object which celebrates the kind of beauty of fresh produce and also a gentle um, entry into talking about uh, important and complicated ideas like food systems, seasonality, uh, environmental impact, packaging, uh, and all these things that have become so relevant and important even more so since the pandemic. So that's a very special and beautiful book. And then the last book I have, which again, I've got nothing to show you here, um, is very exciting for us because it's our first book with Anna Walker, who I'm sure you will know very well. And this is a book called Snap. Uh, it's a very sort of different book for Anna. It's very funny. Uh, it's directed towards that sort of preschool, I'd say two to, two to six is the ideal age range. Um, we're calling it a soundscape. It's a perfect kind of marriage of text and illustration. It's very funny, um, very warm. It's the story of a frog who goes on an adventure and discovers more than it planned for. So I think that you will love that one when you see it and I'm really 
distressed not being able to show you this, especially as I spent the whole day making this presentation. <laughs> but anyway, um, it's just how it goes. I'm having one of those weeks, I think. I think quite a few people are. So I'm going to put this presentation on Padlet. And if anyone would like to see it and read more about these books, it's got lots of spread examples. Um, there's lots uh, to see, which will help this weird monologue, which I have done now. And I appreciate your attention and I'm sorry that it was just my face and not the beautiful illustrations. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you, Miriam. You did a wonderful job under duress and <laughs> And please do thank your assistant for us as well. Um, that was that was lovely. <laughs> and, I, and people will follow up on the Padlet, so do pop everything up there, and that will yeah. give everyone a chance to have a closer look at all the wonderful things you're doing at um, at Scribble. So, thank you. Okay, now that was an absolute whirlwind. Um, may I? Could I please thank all of our publishers? who have joined us this afternoon. Uh, it, it is just a fantastic thing to be able to see the spread of wonderful titles coming out across the whole year and, and to give practitioners a chance to really think about how they might be able to use them in the classroom and the library. And we really do appreciate you giving up your time to be here with us. Thank you also to all of our wonderful attendees uh, who joined us uh, this afternoon. We look forward to seeing you all at future reading forums. I know many of you have subscribed to the whole series, so we'll see you later on in the year at other reading forums and also at other slab events as they pop up on our calendar. I will send an email to everybody uh, asking you for feedback about this afternoon's event and also with links to the recording to the podcast, which we will also create of this afternoon, and also another link again uh, to the Padlet so that you can follow up on all of these wonderful titles. Thanks again, everybody. It has been a very um, dense and busy and full afternoon, but some wonderful material for all of us to take back to our schools. Stay well, everyone, and happy reading. Thank you. Bye-bye. <laughs>